Psalm 23. Let me ask you, how many of you, and be honest, you're in church, how many of you have memorized Psalm 23? Raise your hand. Look at that. Look at that. It's amazing. How many of you have read Psalm 23? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Psalm 23. Well, listen, Spurgeon, the great English preacher, called this chapter the Pearl of Psalms. Millions of people have read this chapter, and many of them, as we've seen in our own congregation, have even memorized it. Pastors the world over have opened their Bibles and commented on these inspired words in funeral services and at freshly dug graves. David wrote this Hebrew poem approximately 3,000 years ago. He was a shepherd during his early years, and he eventually became Israel's greatest king. However, he never forgot the life lessons he learned as a shepherd boy out there on the fields of Israel. I personally believe he penned these inspiring words late in life because these words seem to indicate a, a, a spiritual maturity that most young people do not have at that point. I believe he reflected in this poem on how God led him and guided him through the maze of life. Forrest Gump, that great theologian, said life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Let's face it, there's a lot of truth to that simple statement, right? Our lives in 2022 are characterized by uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now. We don't even know what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. Wouldn't you agree that we need some help navigating the complexities of life? Whether you're a teenager, whether you're a child, whether you're a young adult, a middle-aged adult, or a senior adult, we need help. I want us to focus our attention on the first line of this beautiful poem. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's David's personal testimony. Oh, okay, we, we get it's his personal testimony, but who is this shepherd that David is referring to? Well, notice in your Bible, the word Lord is in all caps. It's all caps. There are two basic words for Lord. One has a capital L and small case O-R-D, and one, the other one, has capital L, capital O, capital O-R, and, and capital D. And that capitalized Lord refers to the covenant name of God, Yahweh, Yahweh. This name is, was first disclosed to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. Remember, Moses said, well, Lord, when I go to Egypt, 
to deliver the covenant people from Egyptian bondage. Who will I tell them sent me? And God said, tell them I am has sent you. That's the first time that God revealed his covenant name to the people of Israel. Tell them I am has sent you. The name literally means I am who I am. By the way, because God is who he is, you can be who you are if you're born again believer. And if you can say with honesty today, the Lord is my shepherd. Boyce provided some helpful insight about this special name for God. He said, it is an inexhaustible name like its bearer. Chiefly, it refers to God's timelessness on the one hand and to his self-sufficiency on the other. Self-sufficiency means that God needs nothing. He needs no wisdom from anyone else. He has all wisdom in himself. He needs no power from anyone else. He is all powerful. He does not need to be worshiped or helped or served, nor is he accountable to anyone. He will be unchanged and unchangeable forever. He is the great I am. And and David said, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's guiding me. He's leading me through the complexities of life. What an amazing testimony. Now, we need to understand something about shepherds. They had to nourish, to protect, to guide, and to care for their sheep 24 hours a day in fair weather and foul weather. The almighty covenant-keeping Creator God had chosen to be David's shepherd. Why would God stoop to that level to be called a shepherd of sheep like David and others? The Bible says in in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. That's true, isn't it? There's been a time in your life, there's been time in my life when I've gone astray. And yet God, the covenant-keeping God, Yahweh, has decided that he would be our shepherd. It's amazing. When David wrote the first line of this poem, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He didn't even say the Lord is the shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd, speaking of a personal relationship with a covenant-keeping God. Long after David had died and had been whisked away into heaven, Ezekiel wrote a very important prophecy. It's found in Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 23 and 24. Where he wrote, God said, then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. We say, well, 
Pastor, did, did God raise David from the dead? Did, was David reincarnated? No, no. The son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, was incarnated into the human race, and there came a point in his three-year ministry when he said to the people these words. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Do you realize what Jesus was saying when he said that? He was saying, I am Yahweh. I'm God. And I'll tell you, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious folks of the day, they wanted to kill Jesus because he said, I am the good shepherd. In fact, you study the gospel of John and there are several I am statements in the gospel of John. And in every one of those statements, Jesus is claiming to be the covenant keeping God. And, and by the way, he is. He is the covenant keeping God. He is God in the flesh. So Jesus laid down his life for his sheep. You say, how did he do it, pastor? He died on a cross. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was willing to go to the cross of Calvary and be made sin for us and assume our guilt. And he died on the cross. The good shepherd gave his life on the cross so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be saved. Can you say with David this morning, the Lord is my shepherd. In John chapter 10, verses 27 to 30, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. And Jesus said this, I and the father am The Savior is the shepherd. And the Savior is the shepherd who will care for those who receive him by faith. Look at the last part of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I, I can honestly say that the Lord became my shepherd when I was 20 years old at Mississippi State. I received him by faith and I committed myself to following him for the rest of my life. That makes me a sheep. Now you need to understand that's not necessarily a distinction to be called a sheep. Do you realize that Sheep are the dumbest animals on the planet. They, they really are. They're, they're helpless. The shepherd has to guide them or else they'll be hopelessly lost. The shepherd has to make sure they eat good grass and drink clean water. The shepherd has to protect them from predators. 
Sheep cannot take care of themselves. They are absolutely 100% dependent upon the shepherd. Isn't it ironic that Jesus says he's the shepherd and we are the sheep? Do you know what that means? It means that we are absolutely dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ who is our good shepherd for every aspect of our lives. The shepherd knows the strengths and weaknesses of his sheep. He knows their habits. Why shepherds even give sheep uh, their, their own particular name based upon their characteristics. Jesus elaborated on his role as a good shepherd in John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, when he said, I am the good shepherd and I know my own, and my own knows me. Can I tell you, if you're, if you're a born-again believer in this room, Jesus knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're facing at this very moment in your life. And he loves you. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Listen to this. Even as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus models his relationship with his sheep after his own relationship with the heavenly father. So I asked you again this morning. Can you honestly and truthfully say this morning, the Lord is my shepherd? I hope and pray that you can. If you're one of his sheep, he knows who you are. He knows exactly what you need, and he can and will meet those needs. There's a big truth I want you to believe and act upon this morning. I wish I could tell you I'm going to make it all the way through Psalm 23 in one sermon, but I'm not going to do that. In fact, we're about going to cover three verses this morning. But they are three very rich verses. Next week, we'll pick up with verse 4. And hopefully, we'll finish with 5 and 6 next week also. So here's the truth. I want to share with you this morning. The good shepherd, and who's the good shepherd? Who's the good shepherd? Jesus is the good shepherd. Now, here's the truth. The good shepherd will take care of you. You need him. You are totally dependent upon him in every aspect of your life. And I promise you, based upon the word of God, he will take care of you. And out of this truth, today and next week, I'm going to show you three realities that should be a blessing to everybody within the sound of my voice. Here's the first reality. The shepherd's provision to you. The shepherd's provision to you. Look at verse 2. David wrote, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me 
beside quiet waters. Now, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you know what that means? David really believed in the core of his being that God would meet every need in his life. He would provide everything he needed in life. Do you believe that? Do you honestly and truthfully believe that? Well, when, when David wrote, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he's saying to us that his provision to you is that he will meet your physical needs. Lie down here in, in, the, in, in verse 2 literally means to stretch oneself out. Some of you are going to go home today, this afternoon, and you're going to lie down. You're going to stretch, your, stretch yourself out on your couch. And you're going to take a nap. Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, shares that a sheep does not lie down naturally on their own. In fact, there are four things that must take place before a sheep will lie down. You say, well, what are those four things? Well, here they are. Number one, the sheep must be free from predators. Number two, the sheep must be free from tension in the flock. You say, is there tension among sheep? Absolutely. Do you realize there are some mean sheep? There are, there are some mean sheep. And in order for a sheep to lie down, there must be, they must be free from tension in the flock. And thirdly, they must be free from flies and parasites. Now, this is true. This, this, is, this comes straight from a shepherd. And then they must be free from hunger. So just as the shepherd takes care of these basic needs of his sheep, so the Lord Jesus Christ can and will meet every physical need that you have in your life according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the Bible calls him. He cares about you. If you're a born-again believer, you're his sheep. And he will meet your physical needs. Some of you have some real physical needs in your life. And you say, Lord, I, I, I need some help. And I, I'm telling you, he's there to help you. Do you believe that he will help you? Do you believe that he will Meet the physical needs of your life as the good shepherd? The Bible says it will. Jesus said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. So he will meet your physical needs. He will also meet your emotional needs. 
Look at verse two again. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's physical needs, the physical need for rest and restoration. And then it says, he leads me beside quiet waters. Now that certainly sounds like a serene, peaceful place, does it not? Quiet waters. Our lives are full of tension and anxiety. Amazon did a a test recently about the most uh, referred to Bible verses, the most memorized Bible verses in the Bible. Do you know what they discovered? It's not Psalm 23. It's not John 3, 16. It's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, and it's all about anxiety. We live in a society and a culture that is absolutely saturated in anxiety. We have anxiety over political matters. We have anxiety over financial matters. We have anxiety over wars and rumors of wars. We've got anxiety over anxiety. And Jesus said, he leads me. David said, he leads me beside quiet waters. He will do what's best for us in the emotional realm. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the Bible speaks of Jesus. And it says, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. Now listen, you know why he felt compassion for them? Because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. I'm telling you, look around you, there are tons of people in our culture today who are like sheep without a shepherd and they are dispirited and they are distressed and they are lost and they're bouncing around from here to there looking for something that will satisfy the deepest longings of their heart. Sheep without a shepherd are in trouble. I'm telling you, Jesus will help meet your emotional needs. He will help you focus on what's really important, and he will give you the peace that passes all understanding. Before he was crucified, Jesus met with his disciples, and in John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I tell you, the good shepherd will meet your physical needs. The good shepherd will meet your emotional needs. And the good shepherd will meet your spiritual needs. Look in verse 3. He restores my soul. Once again, Philip Keller in his book, Philip Keller was, was a shepherd for years. And he wrote this book on Psalm 23 from a shepherd's viewpoint. And he said that one of the greatest dangers that a sheep faces is being cast, C-A-S-T, or cast down. That simply means that the sheep has turned over on its back and they cannot get up again. So imagine you got sheep out in a field and and they, they lie down in a little indented place in the ground and, and suddenly gravity takes over and they begin to flip over and they flip, they begin to fight it and they begin, 
and they begin to turn over even more until they're just totally on their back and their, their little legs are up here like this and they can't get up. They've fallen and they can't get up. You got that, didn't you? But that's a real problem with sheep. And if the shepherd does not lift the sheep back up and put them back on their feet, they can die within hours. Did you know that believers can be cast down in the spiritual realm? At one time they were reading and studying their Bible on a regular basis. At one time, they were getting up early in the morning to read their Bible and to pray and to seek the face of God and to worship God, not just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. At one time, they were coming to church regularly and they were sitting under the ministry of the Word and they were worshiping the living Christ at one time, they were serving other people. But now, they're drifting. They're drifting spiritually. They've neglected the Lord. They've neglected the spiritual disciplines that cause them to flourish in the spiritual realm. And now they're on their back. They're cast down. And they can't get up on their own. I'll tell you, I've got some good news for you. If you're cast down this morning spiritually, the good shepherd will not abandon you. The good shepherd will help you get back on your feet. The good shepherd will not give up on you. David, the author of this psalm, was cast down by sin at one point in his life, the sin of Bathsheba and the sin of having her husband murdered. And in Psalm 51, David, the same guy that wrote Psalm 23, wrote these words, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. That's what it means to, to restore. It means to be refreshed spiritually, to be restored spiritually. Let me ask you, did God answer his prayer? Did God restore David? Absolutely. He restored him. Will God restore you and flood your soul with fresh spiritual life? Absolutely. But let me ask you this. Are you willing to pray the same prayer that David prayed? If you really want to be restored, you've got to really want to be restored. You've got to be willing to cry out to God, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Help me to read my Bible again. Help me to pray again. Help me to come back to church regularly. Help me to sit under the ministry of God's word. Help me to serve you and your kingdom. Help me to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, O oh God. 
and sustain me with a willing spirit. I tell you, if you will pray that prayer and if you'll mean it in your heart, you'll be back on your feet in no time. God, the, the good shepherd will reach down and put you back on your feet spiritually. I think of Elijah, the prophet of God. He was cast down, not because of sin, but because of depression. He was depressed. Let me ask you, did God encourage him? Did God give him the spiritual refreshment he needed? He sure did. And Elijah went to heaven on a chariot of fire. Did God restore Peter when Peter denied the Lord Jesus three times? Absolutely. So let me ask you, do you believe that if you're cast down spiritually this morning, that the good shepherd will restore you and put you back on your feet spiritually? The answer must be, based upon Scripture, the answer must be absolutely yes, Pastor. But it comes down to this. Are you willing to pray the same prayer David prayed? I hope and pray you are. The good shepherd will take care of you. You can go to the bank with that. He will meet your physical needs. He will meet your emotional needs. And he will meet your spiritual needs. Fourthly, he will meet your volitional needs you say well what do you mean volitional needs I'm talking about your will do you realize that our will can get us in trouble do you realize that some of us like it says in Isaiah 53 6 we choose to do what we want to do as opposed to what God wants us to do and it always gets us in trouble every single time in Psalm 23, 3, David wrote, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, sheep are notorious for wandering off the path the shepherd has chosen for his flock. To wander off the path is to wander into danger. The shepherd must guide the sheep to the right path. Let's be honest. There are many wrong paths in our culture today. Many wrong paths. I think of our, our teenagers and our children. I think of my own grandchildren and them growing up in this kind of world. And, and there's a plethora of wrong paths that any of us could choose regardless of our age. But we must go on the right path. The path of righteousness, right? That's why the Bible's teaching us here. Now, these wrong paths, they look harmless, and they look exciting and thrilling. But I'm telling you, if you veer off the path the Lord has chosen for you, it could very well, very well be disastrous for you. In those moments, we need somebody to show us where the right paths are. I tell you, the good shepherd will show us where the right paths are. In Psalm 36, 37, Psalm 37, verses 4 to 6, David wrote these words also, and it applies to this 
guiding in the paths of righteousness. David wrote, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He's talking about the will there. Do you realize if you delight yourself in the Lord, he can change your will from what you want to do and what path you want to go down to the path that he wants you to go down, the path that he will bless your socks off. He can change your will if you delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your judgment as a noonday. I'll tell you, the good shepherd will give you a passionate desire for truth and obedience for the right path. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that there is a, a broad road that leads to destruction. He said many of those who are walking on that road some of you may be on that road today. Some of you watching live stream may be on the wrong path today. I'll tell you, the good shepherd will guide you and show you the path you need to be on, the road you need to be walking down. And I'll tell you, it is a road of righteousness. It's doing the right thing. It's doing the honorable thing. It's doing the thing that will bring the most honor and glory to God. Look back at verse 3 again. Do you see why the good shepherd guides us to the paths of righteousness? You say, well, well, pastor, because it's good for me and he loves me. I, that's true. That's true. But that's not the reason David wrote right here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Here's what David said. David says that the good shepherd will guide me into the paths of righteousness. Get this now. For his name's sake. Just a few moments ago, Joshua talked about the glory of God. And I'm telling you, if you're a born-again believer, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you can honestly and truthfully call him my shepherd, I want you to know, dear friend, that you exist to bring glory and honor to God. And God is glorified when we choose to walk down the path that he has selected for us, the paths of righteousness. The good shepherd will take care of you. Out of, out of this monumental truth, we've examined the first reality this week and we'll examine the other two realities next week. And the first reality of this, it's his provision for you. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will meet all of my needs. He will provide everything I need in the physical realm, in the emotional realm, in the spiritual realm, in the volitional realm. He will meet every need of my life. That may not be what you want, but it'll be what you need. See, he knows what you need more than you know what you need. I want to ask you a question this morning. Two questions. As we close out our time, here's, here's question number one. I've asked it several times, but I'm going to ask it again. Can you honestly say, the Lord is my shepherd? 
See, you can't honestly say that if you can't say the shepherd is my Lord. You got to be able to turn it around. The shepherd is my Lord. I've received Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord. He is my Lord. I've committed myself to him. I am following Jesus. I hope and pray that if you can't say that today in all honesty, that you would admit to Jesus something that's hard for us to admit. And that is that you're a sinner. You sinned against God. You've chosen your own path. And it's a dangerous path you're on. So you have to admit to him that you're a sinner. And you have to be willing to turn from your path that you've chosen to the path that he's chosen. You have to be willing. You know what that turning from your path to God's path is called repentance. And if you repent, if you truly are ready today to turn from your path to his path. And if you're willing to receive Jesus by faith as your personal Savior and Lord, he will forgive your sins. He will give you the gift of eternal life. He will plant you on the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And he will bless you. I'm going to ask our our staff and our worship team to come. And we want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you honestly and truthfully cannot say the Lord is my shepherd. Or better yet, the shepherd is my Lord. We're going to ask you to come to one of our staff members. and, And just tell them, hey, today. I want to be able to say that Jesus is my good shepherd. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And our staff, if you say that to them, they will bring one of our trained volunteers, our counselors to, to, to you, and they'll take you out of this room and they will share the gospel with you. The same gospel that saved these two great kids that were baptized this morning can save you. Whether you're six years old, whether you're 60 years old or 96 years old, that same gospel can save you and change your life forever. I want to invite you. Come to Jesus. Here's another question. If you can honestly say today, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say with David, I shall not want? You're a born again believer. You're following Jesus. He's your good shepherd. Can you honestly say to him right now in your spiritual life, can you say to him, I shall not want. I trust you. 
I trust you to meet my physical needs. Oh, good shepherd, I trust you to meet my emotional needs. I trust you to meet my volitional needs and my, my, my spiritual needs. I trust you, Lord. I hope and pray that some of you will come to this altar and bow your knee before the good shepherd and just take those four needs that we talked about today and say to Jesus, you're my good shepherd and I trust you to meet those needs in my life. I'll tell you, it'll set you free. It'll make the anxiety evaporate. So come. Look, if you're looking for a church home, Come and talk to one of our staff members about becoming a part of Collierville First Baptist. Let me pray. We're going to worship and you come as God leads you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that based upon Ezekiel's prophecy and the powerful words of Jesus Christ, your son, we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. And I pray, Father, for every person in this room and watching live stream who cannot say the Lord is my shepherd because they don't have a relationship with him. Oh, God in heaven, would you please, by the power of the Holy Spirit, work in their heart and bring them to faith in Jesus. And Lord, for believers who are not able to say with David, I shall not want, I pray you'd bring them to the altar today. And I pray there be a shift in their spiritual life. And I pray, Lord, that they would trust you, the good shepherd, for their physical, emotional, spiritual, and volitional needs. Lord, have your way in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.